Hello and welcome to another edition of the Solid Rock Minnesota podcast, a place to swing by for a brief moment for some stories or news and things to ponder. It's a place to take a small pause from your busy life. So grab yourself some coffee or a mug of tea or a pop, as we like to call it here in the North Country, and kick back for a moment. Take a breather. Years ago, my brother and his family and me and my family went up to the cabin for a few days of fun and let the kids go fishing and just be together. It hadn't been too many years before that that our parents had died and the cabin was kind of a place to go that felt like coming home. Our dad had built the one-room cabin many years before we were born, and my brother had added two more rooms to it, so it was plenty big for the two families to stay there. Many of our relatives still live in the tiny town of Gray Eagle, population 368, and um, probably of which half are related to us somehow. To this day, 40 years later, the minute I see that water tower in Gray Eagle, I feel like I'm coming home. One night after the kids were sleeping, we got to talking and reminiscing about all the adventures and times we had had at the cabin when we were kids. And looking around, there were many items that had been there since the cabin was built. The old potbelly stove from my great-grandma's farm, her huge cast-iron round griddle where stacks of pancakes were made at some point in time, and my favorite cereal bowl and spoon. The bowl was a transparent cobalt blue with a picture of Shirley Temple at the bottom. These were given away in sacks of flour at one time, according to my mom. The spoon was a heavy wooden handled and painted one from probably like the 40s or 50s. There was a whole set of silverware like that. As we were talking, my brother started talking about our great-grandma's house a few miles down the road. I was only about six months when she died, so I have no memories of her, but my brothers always had stories about her. The house had had other people living in it over the years, but it was now empty and the land was owned and farmed by the neighbor next to it. My brother had heard that the house was going to be leveled by a bulldozer and the land just farmed. It was about midnight when we started talking about how sad it was that the place would no longer be around. We drove by it on the way in and out of town every time. And then it happened. My brother had the brilliant idea that we should go to the old homestead and take the pump that was in the yard. After all, it was going to be plowed under shortly along with the house. So we got into my old 64 hand-painted blue Plymouth Valiant and headed out to the highway and to the house. We had a big, heavy pipe wrench in tow, and the plan was to take the pump and run. We had reason that it was going to get demolished anyway, so it wasn't like we were really stealing or anything, right? It wasn't really trespassing because it once was our great-grandma's land, right? We got to the driveway of the property and parked the car off behind some bushes. There were a few cars on the road at that time of the night, but not many. Most were those coming home from the local bars. We had a flashlight with us, so before taking the pump, we went into the already almost demolished house. The windows were punched out, no doors were left hung on the house. The inside was pretty much filled with furniture and debris and even a few trees starting to take root inside. The house had been left and abandoned with someone's possession still in it. There even was a compost toilet in dire need of being plowed over. We went back outside and headed in the direction of the pump. The grass and the weeds were almost waist high and it was a challenge to locate the pump at first. The mosquitoes were buzzing all around us and sucking the blood right out of us. 
Our arms and legs were covered with them biting us. One of us had forgotten to bring the bug spray. To this day, it's still a debate whose job that had been. My brother made his way to the pump and decided the only way to get to it was to lay down and begin dismantling it. So I stood above him and just swatted mosquitoes as they were just diving on him and just covering his legs and his arms. Just then a car drove by and slowed down by the driveway. The flashlight was turned off and we stayed there, not moving at all. The car then sped up and headed back towards town. While we couldn't be seen, the old blue car was probably very visible from the highway. It was decided that my brother would stay and continue to dismantle the pump, and I'd just take the car and drive up and down the highway until he was done and ready to meet me in the driveway with the pump. Off I went through the tall grass to the car, me and at least 10,000 mosquitoes sticking their stingers into my flesh. At that moment, I made a mental note to myself, if there ever, ever was any more midnight thievery going on, I would wear long pants, long sleeves, and not leave it up to my brother to bring the bug spray. I must have drove up and down that stretch of highway over a dozen times waiting for my brother to appear in the driveway with the pump. I'd get close to the driveway, slow down, look for him, and keep on going down the road to the place to turn around and do it all over again. I figured it was a good sign not seeing him. It must mean he was getting the pump off. Or maybe he wasn't. Finally, about the 15th time I came back to the driveway, I saw him in the shadows. But there was a car right behind me, so I kept going past him. The bars must have closed and everyone was headed home because all at once there was like a line of cars behind me and coming towards me in the oncoming lane. I just kept driving until I was almost into town and could turn around. After making my way back to the driveway, there were still cars coming back into town. I finally found a place to turn around discreetly, and I headed towards my brother to pick him up. There he was hunkered down in the ditch, flashing his light at me to stop. I turned in, and he hopped into the car. Off we went to find a place to turn around and go back to the cabin. When I asked where the pump was, he explained it was pretty rusted on, and he couldn't loosen it to get it off. And he had a skunk near him the whole time he was working on it. He said he had almost hopped out onto the highway when he saw a car coming, but then he realized that my car had a headlight missing, so it was easy to recognize. He was just hunkered down in the bushes until he was saw the Valiant with the headlight missing. When we got back to the cabin and were telling the story of what happened, it was decided we would never, ever were to tell our grandma about our plan to steal the pump. We figured she'd be quite upset with our antics and potential thievery. Well, as luck would have it, word did get out about that night and our midnight adventures. My niece was singing like a canary to Grandma, all about how we went to steal the pump to bring to her as a present for from her mom. Grandma sat quietly as we explained our rationale for trying to reallocate the pump. She listened carefully, not saying a word. And when we were all done and feeling a little guilty for what we had attempted, Grandma looked at both of us right in the eye, and she said, Haven't you two ever heard of a hacksaw? Thanks for listening to the Solid Rock Minnesota podcast. Time is precious, and we're very grateful and appreciate the time you have taken to give us a listen. 
If you'd like more information about Solid Rock Minnesota, or you'd like to hear some of our other podcasts, you can find them, along with our blog and Monday Morning Music, at our website, www.solidrockminnesota.com. You can also contact us there if you'd like your free Solid Rock Minnesota bumper sticker. Just message us a place to send it and we'll pop it in the mail. Until next time, may you be filled with life, love, laughter, family, and friends, people who truly know you. Many blessings.